Hey everyone, welcome to the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. I'm your host, Meg Ricci, and this podcast series is about demystifying women's hormonal issues and struggles and the many things that dance in between. So I am so delighted that you can join me today. And if you are new to this podcast, I want to welcome you. And if you like what you hear, you can subscribe on Spotify or iTunes, but I'm super delighted to have everyone here because what I try to provide during each podcast is clarity. There's tons of information on the internet and the information that I provide to you is based on 30 years of clinical experience, science, research, and I have incredible guests that have the same philosophy And one of those guests is joining me today. She's my dear friend and colleague. Her name is Dr. Brittany Henderson. We are going to explore why so many women are being diagnosed with thyroid issues starting at the age of 40. And we're going to look at the ins and outs of why are women having such issues with at least what I'm seeing in my practice. And I actually had two women this week just turned 40 and they're feeling fatigue and they're suffering with belly fat, and they're feeling puffy, and they have constipation issues, and they have weight gain, and they're losing libido, and they're like, I don't know what's going on. So is thyroid part of the picture for them? Possibly. We're going to get tested. We're going to see if there's something going on. But there are a variety of factors that influence thyroid. And just because you're diagnosed with a thyroid issue doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be on medication permanently Or possibly you can do some general support, which we're going to go into looking at the gut, environmental factors, adrenals, hormones that can maybe keep thyroid meds at bay or reduce thyroid meds. Dr. Henderson has reduced my thyroid meds twice last year, and we'll go into why. But I love having Brittany on the show. She's been on two other episodes. She's board certified in internal medicine and endocrinology. She has advanced training in thyroid disorders. Uh, including Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, Graves, thyroid nodules, thyroid cancer. Her clinic is located in South Carolina at the Charleston Thyroid Center, and her focus is thyroid. So the people that see her have to have underlying thyroid issues. And I've had clients say, please, can I see Brittany Henderson? I'm like, "Mm." she's only focusing on thyroid at this point. And also what I love about Brittany is that in addition to using mainstream medical approach, she has a holistic approach. She looks for underlying root causes of thyroid disease. That's why I send so many people to her. She has received multiple prestigious grants from the American Thyroid Association, the Thyroid Cancer Survivors Association. She's done an incredible amount of research. And she has been featured in many scientific journals. She's written a book on what you must know about Hashimoto's disease. I would highly recommend people reading this book. It's incredibly informative. Brittany knows the ins and outs of thyroid. So today we are going to explore why so many of you are having issues with your thyroid and how you can potentially avoid having thyroid issues and other hormonal issues along the way. So Brittany, I want to welcome you to the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and to discuss with you what's going on with the thyroid in those who are 40 and over. Okay. So when you and I spoke a few weeks ago, it was we wanted to talk about what are the inflammatory factors that are 
influencing thyroid when women turn 40. Can you explain what inflammation is? Because I think people are still confused about what that means. I think a lot of people think of it as like a bruise on the elbow or a knee joint hurting. So I would love for you to just simplify that and break down what is inflammation. Yeah, so inflammation boils down to activation of parts of the immune system that fight off either disease or toxic chemicals or infection or injury. Um, It's your immune system being activated. So we always talk about inflammation when we talk about thyroid disease, because not only is the most common form of thyroid disease autoimmune thyroiditis, which is another word for Hashimoto's disease, where the immune system upregulates and attacks the thyroid as not part of you. But one of the most common reasons people develop thyroid issues, particularly as they age and they get up into their 40s and 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. is because of chronic levels of inflammation. Inflammation is just the immune system being upregulated by tissue injury, infection, toxic chemicals, changes in hormones like cortisol or stress hormone or changes in the gut microbiome. And there's so many reasons for inflammation in the body. And really inflammation is the crux or the origin of all human disease, but particularly for thyroid disease. Yeah. You know, as I try to share with clients, what is inflammation? It's a leaky gut. It can be bacterial overgrowth. It can be exposure to mycotoxins. It can be glyphosates which really is a big problem with thyroid. And I see that with Hashimoto's and thyroid antibodies. Mm -hmm. So these factors are the fuel that keeps the fire going in the body. And and I just wanted to hear your perspective on, and probably just give a little more clarity because inflammation ranges from elevated cortisol. We're living in a world that we're, we're like saturated with cortisol, that adrenal hormone, because I think so many of us are living in a low grade perpetual fight or flight response. And can we tap into that a little and go into how that influences thyroid? Yeah. I mean, so chronic stress, a lot. chronic stress is a big deal. So, I mean, right. when I talk to patients about reducing stress and active stress reduction, and I tell mm-hmm. them, you know, put your phone away, don't read the news, just, you know, really actively try to reduce your stress level. Everybody laughs at me because we're all stressed out. We're, we live in a, a society where go, 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 you know, chronic stress that you have so many different things that you're responsible for in daily life. And that is just chronic upregulation of your HPA access. HPA stands for hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access. So you're always stimulating the adrenal glands to produce cortisol, which is the main stress hormone but also adrenaline, epinephrine, and norepinephrine to try to, you know, your body's always in this fight or flight response because of everything going on in your daily life or because of emotional trauma or stress or other reasons. But all hormones affect all other hormones. So we always tell patients that whether you're going through menopause or whether you're just chronically stressed and chronically activated with your adrenal glands, that can affect your thyroid hormone metabolism. It's also very inflammatory to always have activation of your adrenal glands and always have that chronic stress activation cascade. So that contributes to inflammation. It prohibits your body from taking your thyroid hormone from your thyroid and using it effectively. 
Mm-hmm. And it also affects a lot of the binding proteins and the metabolism of thyroid hormone, which mess up the access and contribute to weight gain, fatigue, belly fat, all of the things that you mentioned before. And that's why people start saying, hey, there's something wrong here. I mm-hmm. feel like there's a hormone imbalance. And then they wind up in my office or in your office asking, what right. the heck? I turned 40 and my health has just gone down the tubes. What happened? And mm-hmm. it's something we see over and over. So do you see, and maybe you can talk about this a little more, a marker for involvement with the adrenals is reverse T3. Yeah. So reverse T3 is inert thyroid hormone. It basically doesn't work. And it's your body taking your thyroid hormone. So whatever your thyroid's producing, and instead of activating it and using it and making free T3, which is the active form of thyroid hormone, it takes your thyroid hormone and throws it in the trash can as reverse T3. And the body typically does that on purpose because it is responding to inflammation. During a time of Mm. inflammation or fight or flight, the body isn't interested in metabolism and losing weight. And it's not interested in spending too much energy because it wants to expend as little energy as possible because it knows it's in fight or flight. It's in distress. There's something wrong. It needs to otherwise do some other things. So it inactivates thyroid hormone. So that so it can, you see weight gain and puffiness and all of those and things. A variety. Yeah, I find it so interesting that you know this, and we've discussed this before. I always give people a full thyroid panel, looking at reverse T3, or make that recommendation for their doctors. You know, free T3, free T4 antibodies, looking at TSH, and rarely will their doctors include the reverse T3. I see that all the time as well. And I think that's an educational issue with the physicians and how they've been trained. And it is hard because reverse T3 is so important in Mm -hmm. looking at how a person is actually metabolizing their thyroid hormone. And the thyroid itself is super important in thyroid function. But you know what? Mm -hmm. Peripheral metabolism, how the body takes thyroid hormone and uses it trumps everything. That's way more important. There are way more people with issues with metabolism of thyroid hormone because of underlying causes like high cortisol, microbiome issues, inflammation, toxic chemical burn. Like there's so many other reasons for why the human body doesn't take thyroid hormone and use it effectively. So if I can just share, I'm doing a program right now with Amber Goppert in Atlanta. She has one of the biggest fitness gyms in Atlanta and is a really a big influencer in fitness and exercise. And she and I met in January. We met at a service and we got together for a coffee a few weeks later in Pont City Market. And she said, I want to work with you because I want to start developing programs for women over 40 that are struggling with weight gain, lean mass, hormones, let us team up together. So we are right now uh, launching what's called the four-week Rebel Jumpstart. And it's going to be local to people in Atlanta, and we already have people signing up. But we're going to start doing these bigger programs to help people understand what they can do to buffer stress, how they can eat differently, and how can they offset a lot of thyroid issues. And I feel, and I keep harping on stress, but I really feel that stress is the umbrella. So what comes under stress, we're multitasking, 
sleep deprivation. People don't get enough sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's scientifically proven that cortisol access contributes to belly fat. It increases fat percentage. It messes up your sleep access so that you wake up in the Mm -hmm. middle of the night. If you're waking up at two or three every night, you have stress hormone issues and you have HPA access issues. And it also, it messes up your gut microbiome because bad guy bacteria love cortisol and blood sugar and that's how they grow. It just completely disrupts the microbiome. It does. You can like... Yeah. I mean, it messes up your thyroid access. It contributes to insulin resistance at the level Mm -hmm. of the cell so that you just gain weight and gain weight and gain weight. It reduces your immune system response. I mean, it's not the best to have HPA upregulation all the time. So what happens is around 40 or early 40s or even 30s, women start noticing that belly fat. To me, that is your body's way of saying, I need you to pay attention. We need to do a reset. Let's take a look at how you're eating. Are you getting enough protein in your diet? Mm -hmm. Are you getting enough healthy fats? And are you getting enough rest? And all of us, all of us need help in detoxing. And I think 40 is that sweet spot in our lives. It's our midlife. We may live longer. I hope I live longer um, than 80. (laughs) But the point is, we're like a car. We need a tune-up. And I look at our detox pathways, the liver duct, the bile duct. I look at the lymphatic system and the bowels. And in all of this influencing our endocrine system, we need to clean this up so the body can work efficiently, buffer the adrenals. And what I love, and I think you appreciate this, we've gotten now walking is like one of the most important things that you can do to support your body. You don't have to run. You don't have to do crazy workouts. Mm -hmm. Weight resistance, yes. And strength training, absolutely. Because muscle burns seven times the calories that fat does. And I'm harping on the cortisol because I feel in my world, what I see, and I think you do too, is that people, they're just doing so much. And there's no point of reference anymore of like that they're stressed. So you probably have in your chart, you know, I have in my intake forms, stress one to 10 and they'll put one. And what I want to add to that is two more zeros. (laughs) People are so stressed. They just don't know how to be. And what I love about you, and I want you to take a deep dive of, because you do a lot of gut, you do a lot of stool testing. You do a lot of gut testing. I love that you do that. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much the most important part of looking at the human body. I mean, that 70 to 80% of your immune system right there, really important to prevent food sensitivity. It's, it's where you process all of these chemical exposures that you're exposed to in your daily life. It contributes to, if, if there's an abnormal microbiome, activation of your immune system. And it's probably the number one source of inflammation that people yeah. experience. So, I mean, that is a obvious low-hanging fruit that I wish everybody could look at on an annual basis, at least. It'd be really, really good to be able to start looking at this for most people. Yeah. I mean, the epicenter of our hormones starts in our guts. 100%. And I I say to women, I will never balance your hormones unless we address your gut. That and your neurotransmitters are so important there. All of your mood hormones, anxiety and depression, and it's the gut microbiome that metabolizes that. That's so important to rebalance. Well, I'm working with a beautiful, lovely 20-year-old, and I adore her. She's so sweet. 
and she's on Zoloft and Abilify. But nobody looked at her gut. Mm. She has terrible gut issues. She's had gut issues for years. She's tired. She's fatigued. She's anemic. And I said, we're going to clean up your gut. I, I know her vitamin D is low. I said, guess what's going to happen when she's having PMS and stuff? We start cleaning up your gut. I said, you're going to start feeling better so you can work with your psychiatrist to start weaning you off. I said, your neurotransmitters produced a place, such a role produced in the gut. I said, your gut influences your brain. And so anyway, I love working with young women. I worked with a lot of young women that are struggling with a lot of depression mm -hmm. and anxiety. And the reason I bring this up, because if we can start addressing issues with women in their 20s and setting them up on a lifestyle path so that when they start reaching reproductive age and getting into their 40s, they're not going to have these issues because they've established a way of being in the world that really nurtures who they are. So I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but a lot of times when we see women in their 40s and they're depressed and they have issues going on, nobody looked at their thyroid. Well, I mean, yeah. And I think setting people up early on for success with their health and reducing inflammation lifelong mm -hmm. would be the dream. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's what you try to do. That's what I do. So let's talk about what happens at 40. Our hormones start shifting. We want to talk about the estrogen and so know. all hormones, like I said before, affect all other hormones and especially mm -hmm. female hormones and the thyroid. They go hand in hand. So just like right. cortisol and thyroid have an interaction, female hormones, particularly estrogen and thyroid hormone, are very, very tightly regulated. That has implications for fertility earlier in life but really important mm -hmm. implications for perimenopause and women in their 40s and 50s. And you know what I'm going to do? There is an episode that Brittany Henderson was on. I will include that in the show notes that we talked about fertility and thyroid. So you'll be able to listen to that episode. Okay. Oh, Thanks, Brittany. Okay. I just wanted to let people know that. Yeah. And I mean, okay. those two timeframes are really important for thyroid. Mm -hmm. So the peripartum and the postpartum period, that's when we see a lot of autoimmune thyroid diseases. And then this perimenopausal timeframe in 40s and 50s, when we start seeing estrogens be completely affected by gut microbiome issues, but also the fading ovaries and the dying ovary. So typically in 40s, a lot of times we start to see something like estrogen excess. And I'd love to hear what your thoughts are and what you see in your practice with regard to estrogen mm -hmm. excess. Estrogen dominance? Mm -hmm. Same thing. <laughs> so, yeah, right. So it, what I see in the 40s, well, it's a few things going on. One is that, again, stress, progesterone, yeah. which is produced in the second half of the cycle, is a precursor to cortisol. That gets shunted away from the cycle and is being shunted down stress pathways to buffer stress. It also can compete with cortisol. So I look at a lot of blood sugar issues. Blood sugar is a big piece for me. I want to stabilize women's blood sugar. But also, women are in their 40s, and there may be starting to be, a one, a decline in progesterone. Mm -hmm. 
So what that means, and and I want to go into how estrogen is being recirculated and not being detoxed. So let me take a step back. What I see with a lot of women, and this is not just their 40s, but it can even start in their 20s and 30s, but I see it potentially heightened in 30s. We produce a certain amount of estrogen for our cycle, and whatever we don't need, we will eliminate through the bowels. And sometimes what I will see, because I love to, I do stool testing with almost all my clients, is that I may see an elevation in an enzyme called beta-glucuronidase. And that's going to be indicative to me. When that enzyme is elevated, women are not detoxing estrogen efficiently. Also, the liver, which is such a big component, I, I don't even see how we can separate the liver from digestion and the gut. But the liver, again, If we don't have the proper nutrients, if our liver is congested, then those dirty estrogens, if we're not able to detox those estrogens, things like DIM, NAC, our B vitamins, milk thistle, a variety of factors help to open up the liver so we can eliminate those estrogens through the bowels. Yeah. And so like 40s and 50s is that- Time frame when we, yes. where we start to really see a lot of these issues coming to to light, mostly yeah. because of the fact that by that time the gut microbiome is very messed up in a lot of people. People have a lot of bloating, constipation, diarrhea. When we look at their gut microbiome, we start to see SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is just extra bacteria growing down into the small intestine bacteria that should have been killed off by stomach acid, but because of ongoing issues with pH in the stomach, H. pylori, all of these other factors that affect how acidic the stomach acid is, that bacteria gets through stomach acid and can grow down into the small intestines, which can affect bowel motility. And a lot of times patients are just told they have irritable bowel syndrome, IBS. It's such a fuzzy term. I did a couple of episodes ago on low stomach acid. And I've said to people, we all need ample stomach acid. One, it kills bacteria before it hits the small intestine. I mean, it's just such a brilliant way to protect us. And two, it breaks down protein. Yes. You need protein to produce hormones. Yes. I mean, a really, really important step that definitely like 80% of the world's population has H. pylori. So many people are put on PPIs, protonics, prilosec, acid indigestion. All of those things mess up the gastric pH and contribute to this overgrowth of bacteria in the gut, mess up the gut microbiome. That overgrowth is very much directly related to differences in estrogen metabolism and estrogen elimination. Yes. Yes. And so then you get this whole snowball effect where you not only have gut issues, which contribute to chronic inflammation and bloating and constipation, but it starts to affect your female axis and your female hormones. And you get this yeah. estrogen excess issue, which then contributes to thyroid issues. So it's just a downstream domino effect. And that is why with every single woman, I always make sure that they're digesting their food and they're having regular bowel movements. That's the first thing I do. Huge. And I have to. I mean, I can give them all these buffers for adrenals and thyroid. I have to make sure you're digesting your food. So again, looking at stomach acid making sure people are digesting their food. And I mean, we could go on and on. It amazes me. Anytime a woman is experiencing a burn, that means that that LES mm-hmm. 
valve is not shutting on the stomach. It's like the, the lid on the washer. If you don't have enough stomach acid, that valve will stay open and stomach acid spews up. And what do we do? We just continue neutralizing these stomach acids mm -hmm. with PPIs, which contribute to more bacteria, which contributes to susceptibility to parasites. I see a lot of parasites, by the way, mm -hmm. physically and on stool tests. I had referred someone to you who has gone on to have a baby, and she had elevated thyroid antibodies and had IBS, or that fuzzy term, since she was quite young. And we discovered that she had liver flukes, amongst other things. And we addressed the liver flukes, and her thyroid antibodies dropped, and she had some failed IVF cycles and went on to have a baby naturally. Isn't that great? That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, team? so again, inflammation yeah. actually gets the body to work naturally again and all of these cycles mm -hmm. and the hormones to work naturally. But one of the biggest things we do see is this estrogen problem and that's because of, I think, directly related to gut health, but also liver congestion and inability to metabolize and get rid of estrogen. And that estrogen excess directly affects thyroid hormones. So we start to see the body take your thyroid hormone and put 95% of it into storage instead of using what is needed. And that's because estrogen affects the binding proteins for the thyroid. So it's really like everything goes hand in hand here. But And also the xenoestrogens are a big part. That's true too. So glyphosates are huge in impacting thyroid. I had Von Watts on and he used to be with Cellcor and he said to me, because Cellcor does a lot with detoxification and they do a lot with binders and they do a lot of, they have some really good products. And he said to me, anytime you're seeing thyroid antibodies, you've got to look at what's influencing thyroid. And he feels a lot of it. He said, we can say it's gluten or it's the glyphosates and the gluten or both. So I give people binders. Obviously I take people off of gluten. I think it's, it really impacts thyroid. But it, it's a variety of things, and, and I'm going to ask you about a low-dose nexotracone in a moment because I wanted to ask you about LDN, so remind me. But addressing those xenoestrogens that come in plastics, and we see them in petroleum-based products and pesticides, all these things influence thyroid. Yeah, I mean, all of these phytoestrogens, xenoestrogens, they have a huge yeah. effect on the female cycle, which is probably affecting fertility for patients. Yeah. But also, yes, it affects the thyroid axis. It affects thyroid hormone metabolism. It affects how the body takes thyroid hormone and uses it effectively. Mm -hmm. And it's a trigger for immune system activation, which again is the source of inflammation, which then affects thyroid hormone metabolism. So many different ways to do that. It also contributes to autoimmunity. So how do you feel about LDN? Low-dose nexotrexone. So low-dose naltrexone. Naltrexone, sorry. Yeah, so low-dose naltrexone, yeah. it, it's great. It has a lot of data at very low doses in modulating the immune system. So at high okay. doses, it's used to help people get off narcotic medicine. Right. At medium doses, it's used in part for weight loss, and then at low doses for immune system modulation. It doesn't work for everybody. So okay. typically in my practice, I use it for people who have upregulation of something called TNF-alpha, tumor necrosis factor alpha, or IL-6. And that's because that's the part of the immune system that's been shown to help modulate. 
but it really does help in some people. Some people, it's really a lifesaver. It helps with joint pain and inflammation in many of people who have a chronic inflammation, but not everyone, not everyone. So I still think there's a lot of research that needs to be done there as to Mm -hmm. who might benefit the best. Really very few side effects to trying it. Really, I always tell people vivid dreams. Some people have dizziness with it, but Mm -hmm. vivid dreams is the most Hmm. common thing that people can experience. And it's not addictive. It's worthwhile to try and see if it helps modulation, but it works. It works. What's your approach with clients? In general? When you work with women in their 40s that come to you. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about what you do. And they're suddenly developing, I've referred people to you, suddenly their TSH is elevating, their antibodies are starting to rise. Yeah. So, I mean, in my practice, we assess everybody with a full thyroid panel. We do a TSH, Mm -hmm. a free T4, free T3, reverse T3. We look at all of their antibodies. We do a physical exam. We do a thyroid ultrasound. That's a huge part of the thyroid assessment. Right. Because many people by that time don't have systemic antibodies, but they have a TSH maybe that's a little bit above the range. And looking at the thyroid by ultrasound actually shows us if there's been a past insult. So Hashimoto's disease in remission, for example, where antibodies are no longer active against the thyroid, but we can actually see on imaging that there was a past insult and the thyroid isn't working anymore at 100%. And so we assess that first because first and foremost, we're a thyroid clinic, but then In everybody, we talk about sources of inflammation. So we'll run through gut microbiome issues, food intolerance issues. We'll talk about anything that activates the immune system, past infections, oral microbiome issues. You know, we talk about allergies and seasonal issues, pet problems. You know, I have people who have five cats and they're allergic to cats and they live with cats. So it's really hard because they're always inflamed. But of course, I understand not wanting to get rid of them because they're the cutest animals ever, but (laughs) it's just any source of inflammation that can mess up their access. We do talk about stress hormone. That's a huge part. And I always tell people you need to actively stress reduce. That doesn't mean sit in front of the TV and just watch TV. It means, you know, 30 minutes or an hour before you go to bed, put your phone away Don't read the news. Don't talk about things that are stressful. Don't look at work things. Do something actively to help reduce your cortisol with, you know, music or take a bath or walk or whatever. Do you know what I do? I actually have, and I started doing this months ago, I have red light bulbs in my living room and in my bedroom because red light doesn't interfere with melatonin production. Interesting. So... I try to do everything I can. I unwind. As you said, I try to, I don't watch a lot of TV, like Food Network, you know, PBS, kind of stuff like that. And unless occasionally I binge on Netflix and who doesn't, but I want to make sure that I'm off any of these things, off TV or a computer, a good hour and a half, two hours before I go. Actually, I tried my best like an hour, 90 minutes before I go to bed, but I find the red light is really great. Interesting. Yeah, no, I haven't had a lot of people use that, but that makes sense. And, and if you can actively do that, like make it part of your routine, like you would the gym or Mm -hmm. eating breakfast or something. I mean, this should be something that we're doing as a society on a daily basis so that we don't get to 40 and wind up at the doctor's office completely bloated and fatigued and with abdominal fat and having thyroid issues. 
if we can actively stress reduce, if we can look at the gut microbiome, if we can continue to eat correctly and optimize our fat to muscle ratios. I mean, we could do that maybe starting in our 20s so that we're not seeing this epidemic of women in their 40s and 50s who really are like, whoa, what the heck just happened? And it's something that we see as practitioners over and over. Yeah. And also a tracker. I think it's really important. I hook this on. I do this from time to time. Make sure. I mean, there are some days I get, I don't know, 14,000 steps in. And then there are other days that if I'm at home working, I'm like, I just got 4,000. I'm going to go outside and go for a walk. I want people to aim for 10,000 steps. I was talking to a client the other day and I said, how many steps are you getting in? Well, she says, well, some days I get, I don't know, 1,500. I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I said, my love, you need to get out of the house and walk. So what I feel is also important, if women can, think about getting a walk in the morning, even 15 minutes, get sunlight. Light is so important. Mm -hmm. Take a walk after lunch. It helps with digestion. It helps with your blood sugar and insulin. You know, go for a walk after dinner. We need to move. We don't move enough. And I think that is is really important. I want to touch on something that you said, that when you are able to examine the thyroid, you can see if somebody's had a, a previous assault on the thyroid, something has happened. Yes. Is it possible that somebody was not aware that something was going on with their thyroid? Could you talk a little about that? Yeah. I mean, when I talk about looking at the thyroid and seeing a past assault or that it doesn't look like it's healthy and working at 100%, uh-huh. mostly I'm talking about looking by thyroid ultrasound. So that's not something right. that somebody would notice about their thyroid right. gland unless the thyroid is enlarged or unless they have a thyroid nodule which is more Mm -hmm. of a structural issue. It doesn't necessarily mean it affects their thyroid function. But when we look by ultrasound, I mean, we can see that the thyroid tissue doesn't look as healthy as it should. And um, we put that together with their thyroid axis and their thyroid numbers, Mm -hmm. and then really look at the whole, whole big picture. All of that information is important. But what do you think can there be silent assault? What is it? Like women are like, I didn't know that my thyroid had been, you know, injured or compromised. Most of the time it's a viral infection in the past. So EBV mono is one of the biggest ones. I mean, 85% of the U S population has had it. So it could have been a attack on the thyroid 20 years ago and you just, and you just just caught up with you over time especially if women are gaining weight because thyroid hormone Mm -hmm. is so weight dependent. So over time, if you're working with a thyroid that's working at 80%, when you're thin and lean, that's great. When you're inflamed and obese or when you're inflamed and gaining weight, it's not so great and you start to get more symptoms. But typically it's a viral infection. There are many others. There's HHV6, which is a very common one. Um, Lyme disease can happen in some people. Um, hospitalization for pneumonia, even like any kind of infection can do that. And then autoimmune disease, just in general, in the background Mm -hmm. over time can cause the thyroid to look like it's not functioning correctly. Okay. That makes sense. I think that's important to know. Yeah. So let's talk about perimenopause and menopause and thyroid. Okay. A little more. What do you want to tap into? So, I mean, with perimenopause and menopause, I think there are several reasons why we're starting to see more thyroid disease in that time frame. 
I think the latest data that I saw was that about 10% of the world's population has some sort of thyroid disorder. That's pretty impressive. And that's men and women. And Mm -hmm. as thyroid practitioners, we know like women are affected 10 to one women to men. So it's definitely a disease that we see more so in women, but even among women, 12% of women, according to the American thyroid association, have a thyroid issue. That number almost doubles to 20, 25% of women when they hit menopause or perimenopause. So why? And I think there are several reasons. I think aging in general increases the risk for thyroid disease. And I think that's just because as you Can you explain what you mean by aging? And I mean, but what does that actually mean? So yeah, it's definitely getting older on like the scale of your age, but aging is bodily aging. And your body can age faster than your actual age, or it can age slower. So lifestyle. It's lifestyle. Yeah, it's lifestyle. Okay. It's all the cumulative things that your poor body has been exposed to in our dirty world. So it's your glyphosate. Right. It's your gut microbiome being messed up. Mm-hmm. It's your chronic stress. It's right. all of the chemicals in your food supply and in your mm-hmm. electronics and in your mattress pad and everything that else. Most of those chemicals, they're called like PBDEs or flame retardants. They are bioaccumulative. So the longer that you live, the more you have in the body and the liver does not get rid of them. They're fat soluble. So it's really hard to get rid of a lot of those. I know a lot of people try, you know, with detox and saunas and everything, and I'm sure that that helps a little bit. But still, as you age and as you go through life and you're exposed to more and more chemicals, the body is saturated with these chemicals and it's hard to get rid of them. I'm a big proponent of infrared saunas. I'm actually going to go for one this afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big proponent of binders. I think we all need binders. A lot of people know charcoal. Mm -hmm. I like fulvic and humic and there are other things. I think charcoal is helpful, but you have to watch When you're taking charcoal, because that can get in the way of absorbing vitamins and thyroid medication. So it's always looking at what kind of binders, but I do binders every single day. Yeah. I mean, because we're just hit with so much stuff. Why not? And it's hard. I mean, when you know what you're being exposed to, we can measure it with some of the tests. We can see like what chemicals you're exposed to, but then we're like, I don't know what to do because Really, like they <laughs> bioaccumulate, they're in your body. But the things that yeah. you're talking about, the infrared sauna, using mm-hmm. binders, you know, trying with like intermittent fasting and just water and making sure that you're trying to get rid of them as well as you can because they're everywhere. I mean, oh, you can't get around. Yeah. I mean, even if you're doing the best type of filters in the world, like you're going to be exposed to chemicals. So, yeah. what I wanted to share, and Brittany was such a part of this. I started, Brittany, you and I met about, what, five years ago? I think it's we five met about year, five, yeah, five years. years. Yeah, it's five years. We met when I was living in Charleston, and we had dinner together. And I still love this conversation. You said to me, you have no idea how good you can feel. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? She said, your thyroid meds are off. And I went, what? So we did testing. You changed my meds. Because you even said to me, I don't even know how you're getting out of bed in the morning. Yeah. I lost that point of reference. But why was I having so much fatigue in Charleston is because I had massive black mold exposure. Whoa. I did not know that at that time. And you adjusted my thyroid meds. I made a big difference. I moved to Atlanta a couple of years ago. 
And I noticed that when I went through COVID a couple of times, I just went through so much with my breathing. And it was very weird. Like I I got COVID in July of 2020. And then within a matter of weeks, I had a relapse. And then I got COVID again. And I had all these weird symptoms. I'm like, what is going on? Because I took good care of myself. And my comorbidity was mold. Wow. And it was pretty much tanking your immune system. Um, so yes. your immune system couldn't kill off the COVID. Yeah. And I couldn't kill. Oh, it was. Yeah. So my immune system was compromised mm-hmm. and I'm editing a lot out. So last year in 22, 21, 22, I did an incredible amount of detoxing. I worked on mold I and black mold. I was taking something called carboxy, really a strong binder, but I was also passing a lot of parasites. Wow. I've traveled. I've been to the Amazon, been to Vietnam. I had a lot of mixed things going on coupled with the mold. So what happened in last year is that Brittany was able to reduce my thyroid medication twice. And that's because of a direct result of reduced inflammation. Yes. Yes. Just reducing. And the inflammation was the exposure to the mold, uh, the mycotoxins, and releasing literally a lot of parasites and made such a vast difference. That's why I'm a very big proponent of doing total tox burden, which is a urine test that checks for mycotoxins and environmental chemicals. Yes, I use that in my practice too. Oh, cool. Isn't it good? It's so good. I feel that it's so valuable and I do a gut zoomer. When people can see their results and go, oh my gosh, this is going on. And I've had these individuals have stool testing by their GI doc. It didn't show any of this. Well, I, I mean, the stool testing in, in a normal, you know, conventional office is nothing. I mean, it's nothing. No, it's nothing. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you get nothing. So doing this testing and then do retesting, it makes such an incredible difference. But I've seen anytime I have someone that has thyroid issues and, and I'm like, what's going on with their gut? And how well are they able to detox and how well is the drainage open so they can detox in the body? Yeah. And I love, Brittany, I wish you would teach other docs. I love that you embrace that and you see that as being such a a crucial part of helping women get better and go on to have healthy babies too, by the way. Totally. And I always say like, I mean, yes, there's conventional medicine and there's functional medicine, but really there's just medicine. It's, there's only Mm. one right way. There's only one right way. And Mm. the truth will come out eventually. I mean, this is the right way. You have to figure out the underlying root source of inflammation Yes, and you have to fix it. And then the human body, it's brilliant. The human body can regenerate. It can fix itself. Your inflammation will come down. You'll feel better. Your thyroid disease can go away. We we take about fifteen to twenty percent of our patients off thyroid medicine eventually. I'm so I was just going to ask you about that, yeah. and that's what I people are like. Oh, I don't want to go on thyroid meds. I'm like, you may need that right now, but the whole goal, if possible, is to wean you off or at a very low dose. I love that you say that. Right, and I mean that is very very possible for many patients. But Mm -hmm. there are people who we see and we look at their thyroid, it's completely destroyed by the immune system already. So if your organ's destroyed, it's not really that possible to come off medicine completely. If you catch it early and we tell our patients, screen your kids. If you have thyroid issues in your family, when they hit 10 years old, 
start screening them for the thyroid antibodies, particularly kids who've had a lot of strep throat or recurrent mm. infection. Oh, wow. If you can catch it early, you can start doing these lifestyle interventions. You can start looking at their gut microbiome, teach them to wash their hands and not get sick and not get viral infections. But if you do that, the immune system can quiet down. It stops attacking the thyroid and you can save them from lifelong thyroid medicine. Oh my God. I didn't know this. I'm so glad you shared this. Do you work with kids? Do you have- We do. So we see, you know, 10 years old and up for thyroid only and for thyroid screening and especially, you know, pediatricians, they'll check a TSH maybe, but never antibodies. And it's the antibodies that come up and attack the thyroid for five to 10 years before you start to even see thyroid issues. And in kids, we see, you know, not only weight changes and fatigue, but like behavioral issues, anxiety, yeah. depression. That's how it manifests. Anxiety is, you know, I got to tell you, this 20-year-old kid, she had mono and she's put on a lot of weight. This is good information. I'm so glad. This is why I love this podcast series is because we get gems and information like this can be really, really helpful to people. I have a question. There are times that I've seen clients and I just feel that their thyroid is involved and their doctor is no. Have you ever had clients that their numbers look okay, but there is underlying thyroid issues going on? Yeah. I mean, if we look and we see antibodies for sure, their thyroid right. numbers can look fine, but the antibodies themselves mm-hmm. can contribute to symptoms. So that's a huge part. You have to always check the antibodies. Peripheral metabolism is important too. So your point to the reverse T3 being checked, mm-hmm. that's important. If somebody has chronic inflammation and their reverse T3 is high, they're going to have chronic fatigue, even if the rest of the axis looks good. And okay. then, um, yeah, I mean, we see when we look at the thyroid and we see damage from a previous insult, sometimes even though thyroid levels are quote normal, they're not optimal. Mm-hmm. And so even Mm -hmm. suboptimal levels can contribute to symptoms. Mm -hmm. But in that situation, most of that is just band-aids until you fix the underlying inflammation issue. If you can get weight optimized, if you can get inflammation down, thyroid access typically can self-correct and modulate and go back to normal. But yeah, I mean, you have to be very, very knowledgeable about optimal thyroid levels and looking at the full picture before you just write off that there's not a thyroid issue contributing. Okay. Can you share again, because I'd love to bring it up at this time, what you also offer telehealth? We do. Yes. And it's not just South Carolina and and Georgia. By the way, I did not know you were from Ohio. I thought you were a Georgia girl. Well, no, my family moved from Ohio to Georgia, <laughs> oh, but okay. not until I moved south. So I, oh, that's I so was funny. the first one to move south oh, okay. and they all followed me except for my brother. <laughs> He's still in Ohio. <laughs> but yeah, so one of our missions is not only to help people here in South Carolina, right. we pull from all across the United States. We have international patients that come Um, Because it's so hard to find thyroid doctors or endocrinologists that actually know what they're doing and know how to look at them. So we opened up a thyroid-only telemedicine practice. It's called My Thyroid Mm -hmm. Doctor, where we look at the thyroid. We look at some of these underlying causes of inflammation. And we're open to patients in certain states in which we're licensed. So we are licensed right now in Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, 
Arizona and Minnesota. And we ask people on the website as well, if they're from a state that in which we're not licensed, if they could just sign up and just say we're interested. And if we have enough people interested in a certain state, we can look into licensing there. That's great. But we really are trying to like boots on the ground, try to help people in these states where yeah. they can't find help with their, their conventional doctors. I had a client that I just referred to for telehealth who's up in Virginia and she and I ran a panel and she has thyroid antibodies and her TSH was sky high. So I'm looking forward to you working with her. I will include Brittany's in contact information as I always do in the show notes. I love Brittany because she really tries to get to the root causes of thyroid issues. And I believe there is a benefit to thyroid medication and it can change people's lives, but also it has to be supported with cleaning up the gut, proper vitamins, working on the liver, adrenal support, thyroid support, detoxification. We live in a world that we were just exposed to so many things, mm -hmm. but a big factor again, how are we managing stress? And stress is looking at, are we getting enough sleep? Do we have enough downtime? Are we going for walks? You know, when I think about running, if you really think about running, why do we run? We have to get away from the tiger, <laughs> right? I mean, if you think about it, why? why that's not why run? I run, but maybe. No, I know, but you do know what I, you're know you. wired to run to, I mean, I, that, I'm just making it up. I, and I also have a theory about stomach acid, which I'll tie in in a moment. I've spoken about it. You need to be able to move to, to get out of harm's way. Yes. Except if you're so burnt out and if you're constantly excessively moving and not getting enough sleep and stuff, you're elevating cortisol where your body can't differentiate between a tiger and the jungle and you needing to just, you know, take a nice stroll around the block. Yeah. I mean, active stress reduction is something that we as humans do not do well, especially being in the U.S. I mean, we just do not do this well at all. So. I think that would be a huge benefit to your clients mm -hmm. as well, you know, for this program that you're having for people over 40 yeah. to really work on knowing how to do that. And then mm -hmm. maybe even starting in their 20s to learn how to do that. Well, that's what I try to, I mean, I just think it's so wonderful. I have so many clients that reach out to me in their early 20s and they've said, I don't feel well. I don't want to be on the pill. I want to balance my hormones. My gut is wonky and I need help in figuring out what I need to do. So being able to set somebody up on that path in their 20s, then when they decide to have babies, they're in a healthier place. 100%. And, then, and I think the, uh, the birth control pill is like, ugh. It, I know. It, can so you bad. come back and can we talk? <laughs> I hate, I, I'm sorry. That's I, why I think all the, these 20 year old girls are needing help. I mean, I think that's the yeah. root cause of what happened to start it all, but- Yes, that is. You know what? Can you talk a little about why you don't like birth control pills? I mean, they definitely help, you know, with birth control, but. Yes, we know that. <laughs> they're given out like water to these young girls. Yeah, they're given out like candy. They're not counseled on how it affects their microbiome and their other hormones. And so the way that birth control works is it goes through first pass metabolism in the liver. It messes mm -hmm. up your detoxification pathways in the liver because of estrogen always going through. 
And then it also has a direct effect on the microbiome. So it contributes to estrogen excess issues. It contributes to IBS because of these alterations in gut microflora. And then it also affects, directly affects the thyroid access. So estrogen increases a molecule called TBG, which is the binding protein for thyroid hormone. And then you get all of your thyroid hormone that your thyroid is producing put into storage and your whole axis gets messed up. People's TSH goes up, their total estrogen can go up. Estrogen also increases CBG, which is cortisol binding globulin. It's the protein that binds to cortisol. And so their total cortisols go up and they develop fat increases and their weight goes up and their stress levels and their testosterone sleep gets messed up and their testosterone tanks. It takes a dive. It's just a disaster. It's a shit show. So then they're all coming and being like, what the heck? And honestly, I really think a lot of that has to do with them being started on birth control at a young age and not being counseled on how it affects all of these other things. Well, you know, I, I work a lot with PCOS or regular cycles and I hear these stories of, and even if not PCOS, I have a lot of women that come to see me. I've been on the pill since age of 12. And now they're going through and they go off it, they have babies, and now they're on it again because they're going through menopause. Can you please tap on that? <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, that is I, I so just like, how, what? what? Yeah. And I have people that are perimenopause and menopause. I'm like, you got to get off the pill. Yeah. I mean, the risk for stroke, heart attack, blood clot, all of those things go up exponentially after the age of 35. Being on a birth control pill that's an oral medicine that goes through first pass metabolism in the liver messes up all those clotting factors. So that's why people develop strokes and heart attacks and things. Not the best idea. There are other forms of hormone replacement. There's topical estrogen. There's bioidentical hormones. Yeah. There are trochies that are dissolved in the mouth that are not swallowed. And the swallowing Mm -hmm. of that and the going through the liver part of it is the problem and the Mm -hmm. messing up the gut microbiome. So there's other ways to do it, way safer ways to do it. I don't know. I don't know. But you're right. I mean, those patients should be comfortable. Well, you know, I'm on, on biastin progesterone. You monitor my thyroid, my hormones, so we can always see what's going on. If the, you know, I remember there was one time, I think it was about a, two years ago, and you said, you know, I think you need a little more calcium to glucurate. So I just did a few things to open up my liver more, and poof, it was fine. I still think it was the mold and the mycotoxins, because since then, it's totally fine. Normal, yeah. Is there anything you wanted to share or touch on? I mean, I think that the takeaway message here is that we see people who feel bad when they hit the 40s to 50s mark. And that's because of bioaccumulation of all of these different factors that contribute to inflammation, Mm -hmm. gut microbiome being number one by far, but mycotoxin exposure and chemical exposure and infections, chronic infections that haven't been fixed. Chronic stress is a huge one. It all affects the thyroid axis and thyroid metabolism. Even if you don't have an underlying autoimmune thyroid disorder, it can mess yeah. up your thyroid axis. It's, it's accumulative over the decades. Yes. So if we can start, which I try to do as early as possible, 20s, 30s. I feel like we missed the 30s for some reason. That's I like really... the childbearing years. I think that like people are just too busy to go to the doctor, but I'm sure they don't I... feel good. No, they don't. 
because I see a lot of them. And I really feel that if we can continue focusing on every stage in a woman's life, and with men for that matter, we can lower the burden. We can lower the tox burden. We can make sure that the microbiome is as optimal as possible. We can give people simple things. Just keep the liver open. Yeah. There's so many easy things. So much through diet, eating a lot of bitter greens is incredible for bioflow in the liver. So there's, there's a lot that people can do, but I feel that what is important, everybody goes to the primary for their checkup. I think people should once a year see someone like myself who does nutrition and looks at detoxification to kind of tweak where they are and optimize their wellness. Oh, yes. I mean, absolutely. And if you start early, you decrease inflammation, you improve yes. your immune system and yes. your immune responses, you'll decrease your risk for autoimmune disease in general, mm -hmm. and you'll and decrease cancer. your risk for cancer. I mean, yes, yeah, your, your immune system surveils for cancer. It kills cancer cells. Absolutely. If your immune system is otherwise preoccupied, fighting whatever's going on in your gut microbiome or mycotoxins or parasites mm -hmm. or chemicals or cortisol, it's not going to be able to keep you healthy. And, right. you know, human health, feeling good as long as possible so that you can make a difference in the world while we're here. Like that's, that's the goal. You know, my love, that's my mission statement. If it's like, how can I show up in the world, be the best version I can yeah. and be able to make a difference in someone's lives or people's lives so they can create a ripple effect in the world and impact others because we're all connected. 100%. And if you're sick, it's hard to do that. Oh, you can't do that. You can't. And you can't just keep layering meds on people that are feeling ill. And that's the issue. We chase conventional medicine. We'll chase symptoms with a lot of medication. Mm -hmm. So we're here because we want to kind of peel back the onion for people because we're designed to thrive. We just have to get rid of those obstacles that create inflammation in the body. Brittany, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to include all Brittany's contact information because I am sure there are some people that will definitely want to see Brittany. And if you would like to work with me so I can help you get a handle on your hormones, we can do a gut hormone reset. You can read about that on my parasite. I'd be delighted to work with you. Brittany and I work together. I send her clients. She's referred people my way. And you can get all my contact information at megrichichi.com. And I would be delighted to work with you. So sweet lovelies, thank you so much for joining Brittany and myself today. May you have a glorious afternoon. It is Saturday for us. We had some technical glitches. We're finally done at about 1225. <laughs> and may you all enjoy your day. And until we meet again, many blessings, much grace. And thank you so much for joining me on the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. Take care. <laughs>